Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. The Season with Peter Schrager is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Hey, everybody. This is Peter Schrager from The Season with Peter Schrager. It is a Tuesday morning, week 15. I'm joined by my colleagues, Aaron Wong-Kaufman, our fine producer, and Jason English from the iHeartMedia team. And if it sounds like I'm running on fumes, it's because I was up all night, like off the couch, like cheering like a madman for two incredible football games. The Giants somehow finding a way over the Packers. And then the Dolphins give a game away to the Titans. That's not even fair to the Titans. The Titans take the game from the Dolphins. The history books will tell you that that game was as unusual and as, u- as unique a game as you will ever find. Here's the here's the story. Since 1976, all right, 1976, there hasn't been a game with a team that has been up 14 points with less than three minutes to go that is lost in regulation. Happened last night. Uh, on the other end, you've got Tommy DeVito and the Giants absolutely dead to rights after Jordan Love has an incredible drive and a touchdown take the lead after a terrible Saquon Barkley fumble. And then DeVito takes them all the way back downfield and they win in the final seconds. And yet the story of the day is not necessarily DeVito. It's his agent, his agent, Sean Stellato. Why? Because Sean is dressed in a top hat and a zoot suit, pinstripe suit, and it's all over the ESPN broadcast. And if you hear me smiling, I don't know if that's a thing, through your earbuds, or you can sense I'm smiling, it's because of our podcast that we have for you today. We got two guests. The first guest is the biggest sensation in New York City, not named Tommy DeVito. It's his agent, Sean Stellato. And our second guest is... Maybe the most dynamic player in the defensive backfield in the NFL over the past few weeks. It is Vikings breakout superstar, Josh Metellus. Uh, Both guys are awesome, and I'm excited to speak with them, which brings us to our guest today. I have known this guy for like a decade. So with everyone sending out memes and Dave Portnoy on Barstool being like, who is this? And... I saw that uh, there was a million like con- and the, the the Manning brothers are commenting on him as if he just flew in uh, from Naples or Sicily or from Bay Ridge or Bensonhurst and decided he was going to put on a suit and a hat and say, here, I'm Tommy DeVito's agent. You're missing the deal, guys. This has been Sean Stellato since the day I met him 10 years ago. And he's also uh, an incredible agent, like fighting for those back end of the roster guys. I don't know who he represents currently, but like I remember he used to represent guys that I would be like, who is that player? And it'd be pre-draft. And he's like, you gotta, you gotta give this guy a shot. You gotta talk about it. you gotta. And then that player would be in the NFL, like two years later making plays, and Sean was the agent and was the only guy who believed in him. 
took a risk on him and got him to the league. And then, of course, from there, pivoted and then got Tommy DeVito as a client. Our guest today is Sean Stellato, the agent for Tommy DeVito and so many others. I'm just going to let the interview run. Let's bring him in right now. Mr. Sean Stellato, welcome to the season with Peter Schrager. Peter, I appreciate those kind words. My friend, always great to uh, have a little time with you. And uh, yeah, exciting time right now. All right. So this is Tuesday morning, Monday night for like the apex, but it might even go higher and higher for Tommy DeVito. Uh, 17 of 21, game-winning drive, third straight win, no interceptions. And yet it's the vibes. It's the it's the off the field stuff. It's everything that goes into it that New York is having a moment. Uh, take us through yesterday, please. What, when your day started Monday and the Monday night win over yeah. the Packers, what was going down? Without a doubt, I, I first got to bring my Sienna Sicily to, to kindergarten. So that kicked off and then I drove down, had a meeting in Manhattan uh, and then shot over to the, that electric stadium. Uh, you know, obviously the cutlets, the tailgate was five star uh, led by Lexi and, and Tommy Sr. And the two to three hundred people. But just we knew last night was a huge c- coming out opportunity. Look, at he's already came out a little bit, but we knew the Packers obviously playoff contention, Monday night football home. Um, he was ready for the moment. You know, Tommy was an elite 11. He was a dark horse for the Heisman in 2018. I, I, I knew how good he, he was, he is. And, uh, let's face it. Uh, sometimes you just need that opportunity and luck is where preparation makes meets opportunity. He, he's continued to show his worth and that he can be, a, deserves to be a starter in the national football league. We had John good morning football and we had Tommy on day three of the draft and he comes in. And we loved him. We loved his energy. We loved everything about him. He goes undrafted. And then you guys have to hustle a little bit and figure, okay, who are we going to sign with? First talk about the disappointment of not being drafted and then the quick pivot to what's the best situation for us? Yeah, everybody wants to, any player that's trying to get to the NFL wants to have, hear their name called. Um, and let's face it, some of the greatest to play the game haven't had that opportunity. Uh, but we know about projecting value in long ball game. And I think what it came down to, Peter, uh, yeah, coming in the studio, he showed all 32 GMs that morning that, you know what, I'm the real guy. I'm your guy. I'm confident. Uh, what I did at Illinois is just something that I'm going to continue to evolve off of. And that's what he did. Draft day was a little bit, let's face it, there should be a day four in the NFL draft. Mm-hmm. Three days, the undrafted market is the Wild West. And, you know, it's tough. You're making a life-changing life decision in moments, and I don't think that's very reasonable. Uh, we didn't have a ton, a ton of office. I stood on his father's office desk that night, begging, clawing, scratching why they needed to draft him. And a lot, no, no one really wanted to listen. And uh, yeah. I remember the Rams when they took Stetson Bennett, and I said, come on, man, this kid is better. I know he didn't win the national championship. And then he went out, but we, he has been a humble kid. And um, it came down to the commanders and it came down to the Giants. And uh, hmm. you know, my relationship with Joe going back with the Bills, having a, a player there, Cam Lewis, and then Coach Gable, his development of quarterbacks, we were looking at guaranteed money to the local boy to come back home and let's be, you know, let's have an opportunity to do what we need to do in, in one of the greatest markets of, of uh, you know, of football, of fashion. And the stars kind of aligned and uh, he knew he was going to have to go in there. And I met with coach early right after the draft and he laid it out on the table, what he's going to need to do to stick. And uh, let's face it. He did a great job with Josh Allen. He's done it to and Jalen. 
uh, we knew that was his guy and he loves coach and he loves the organization. And it's been, obviously the story couldn't be written any better. Let's talk about you, uh, your story. Cause we always talk about the GMs and the coaches on this podcast and where they came from their humble beginnings. But you played at Marist and you were a stud at Marist. You were a good player. Then you went from being a player to an agent. Take us through your, your rise through football and kind of where you're at now. You know, my dad gave me a football when I was six years old and we watched uh, Doug Flutie do the, the miraculous pass. 1983. 84, November 25th, Peter. Uh, <laughs> I looked at him and I said, Daddy, I want to be a football player. And uh, he said, hey, you know what? You're not going to be the biggest, strongest. We don't have the resources like a lot of others, but no one can ever outwork you. And I took that. He goes, this ball going to be a compass. And football has changed my life in every part of the rim. Um, and I'm blessed. And, you know, the, the title of my book is No Backing Down. That's my mantra. Um, you know, Maris gave me an opportunity. I just missed getting into Columbia. Richmond offered me a scholarship and I wanted it. My mother doesn't fly. So I said, I'm gonna go out to be a Red Fox and embraced, you know, two Division One sports. I, I did play two years of pro ball, uh, arena football. Jeff Braun. Really? Yep. Yeah. Jeff was coach. I knew Jeff, his rookie first year ever coaching was an, an absolute huh. star. He had us run on the 49ers Chargers playbook. Um, and then, you know, obviously I operate now, you know, through primary source experience, not through speculation, kind of like a GM agent, um, you know, and I've been able to really go after guys that I believe in, uh, the maybe guys that are underdogs, because we share that same mindset and that grittiness and that walking with a boulder on our shoulder. And uh, Tommy defines all those core values. And, and let's face it, the Italian heritage. We're both very, very proud Paisans. Uh, we know all our ancestors who came before us and made those sacrifices. So it's been fun. You know, been in the game. My SES Sports is 10 years old, um, so not a rookie. Been in the game for 18 years. Um, and I'm just excited to be in this moment because let's face it, we all build and we work for these type of moments. Uh, but I'm so proud of Tommy DeVito, how he's handled himself off the field, never forgetting his roots. He is inspiring and he's being that that iconic figure that so many people need of hope for that underdog. And let's face it, everybody can get the hit the ovarian lottery. Everyone can be <laughs> at a certain level. But Tommy has taken the bull by the horns. And that's a, a testament to Lexi and his dad, how they raised him and a testament to my mom and dad, how they raised him. Let's face it, I got a, an awesome wife and, you know, Peter. Yeah, you know, you can be good, becoming great. You got to have that right lady on your 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 corner. And my wife is my Adrian, uh, and you know, I'm trying to be the for for her. Um, last night you put on that 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 hat, you got the suit on, you're kissing Thompson, and it goes viral. The Mannings are talking about it. Did you wake up this morning to about a thousand texts? Uh, I think it might have been two thousand, Peter. Absolutely crazy. I know it was. Uh, you know, Tommy Senior. He kissed me first, and uh, I, I said, "You know what? I was." So, so I, I know uh, it, he broke the ice. Um, it, yeah, you know what? I put the hat on. I'm a big Frank Sinatra, Rocky Balboa fan. Let's go. So, uh, I've kind of lived my life as as the Rocky Balboa and my and in that passion, that gritty underdog. Uh, that was a special moment with his dad, being able to experience that, the energy, uh, doing in New York. You know, I just wish, you know, Sinatra New York was playing when uh, he kissed me. That would have been kind of like the icing on the cake. That's Yankee but Stadium. Yankee That's how they ended there. 
They yeah. have a Yankee Stadium with New York, New York Giants. I think they go New York State of Mind with Alicia Keys, which yes, is they do. Cool, which yeah, is it, fine. You know, uh, Peter, I got engaged on Rockefeller Ice. I can't even ice skate. So uh, <laughs> I, I appreciate the Red Sox, but I am a Yankees fan. I know that's kind of a, a crazy statement to make, uh, which has been cool. Um, but I'm I'm just so happy for Tommy. You know, Tommy is a uh, he's a warrior. Um, he's a fighter, and uh, he has that quiet swag and confidence that is just intoxicating. Yeah, I know. I, I, I'm i happy for you because I've known you for years and you've had play, like you've had a lot of guys come through, a lot of Patriots players, I remember. I mean, I, I saw a tweet this morning from Jonas Gray, like, hey, that's my agent. Like, that's the man right there. So it's not like you're this overnight sensation to us in the football world, but you were. You, you guys are leaning into this and I appreciate it. The thing that DeVito said at the end of his press conference was like, hey, it's good for business. And I it, it, let's call it like it is. The football's been great. But he's not afraid to go and do the off the field stuff and really lean into his Italian heritage as well. Yeah, we we look through those similar lenses, and I think that's important. The business side of things, but obviously we know our main commitment is to the New York Giants and being the best football player he can be. But then there is a side. Let's face it, we're in an information, you know, tech savvy era, you know, today. Tom Brady didn't have that, you know, when he was killing it early years. Uh, so we know we've got to gradually you know, pick and choose who we want to collaborate with. But let's face it, you know, our names end in a vowel. Uh, we're passionate about our heritage and uh, it's a great market that shares that same passion and all those traditions. And let's face it, Christmas time's coming, Peter. We got the seven fishes and we've let's got go. a lot of cool, unique traditions of that in Italian culture that we're looking forward to. So uh, playing on Christmas day is going to be extra unique for him this year. Obviously we can't look, main focus is New Orleans. Uh, but you know, I didn't even realize that. Is that game in, is that game in Jersey or is that game in Philly? Philly. Oh, so Dom yeah. DeSandro, Nick Sirianni, uh, John Ferrari and Tommy DeVito will all be in the building together. Uh, and you know what? I'm, my wife, we might have to set up a Christmas tree in the hotel, uh, and, and come down to Philly and have Christmas and, uh, I'll do my Rocky step run in the morning. Good to say Please. Philly. Philly's got there no shortage of, uh, you know, Vince Papali and Rocky Balboa and Cousin Paulie. I feel like there's some yeah. Philly stuff there, too. Yeah, there really is. Yeah, the Philly. Yeah, I, I, Philly's a cool city. I, uh, I had four players when they won Super Bowl 52, you know, uh, which was a cool experience. Um, it was weird going up against the Patriots. It's like I had guys on both sides. But Brian Brayman is one of my first, you know, firstborns in the industry. And uh, it was special to see him. You know, ho hoist that party trophy and the owners, you know, Mr. Laurie, Howie Roseman, great, great guy. And, you know, I had a good, good uh, dial. John Tish last night. We had a good moment on the field pregame. <laughs> um, you know, we're good. he's a, he, he, he picked away at the gunnery. I went to gunnery school for a year oh, in Connecticut okay. and he's an alum of that school. And That's that was cool. a year in my life. When you when you see uh, you know, some of the the tweets coming through and the Mannings obviously commented on you, but like Who's the who's the icon that that is talking about Tommy DeVito or even an Italian American icon that has talked about you and DeVito and DeVito's dad that has been like, are you serious? That guy's paying attention. Oh my gosh, pinch me. Yeah, I know. There's a lot of iconic names. Look at Scott Pioli is a huge Italian roots guy. I mean, he brought up the draft day and you know the you know in terms of the the uh, setup for food. Um, there's a lot of guys. Sebastian, you know, uh, Maniscalco, you know, sure. 
Now he called Tommy up and congratulate. You know, I spoke Joe Pesci. I'm getting inducted uh, Friday into the National Italian American Sports Hall of Fame in Chicago. Whoa, 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 whoa. Slow down, slow down. You're getting inducted this week to the Italian American Sports Hall of Fame amongst Mike Piazza and uh, you go through the the Joe DiMaggio. Sean Stellato is going to be in there. I mean, I'm just so humbled. Uh, Joe Montana, Dan Marino, Vince Lombardi. Uh, I mean, yeah, those men, Mark Bavaro, to stand on the shoulders of the, those great men who, you know, allowed me to dream a little bit bigger. Um, I'm, I'm, it's, it's just surreal to the extent. And then obviously going in there with Tommy performing like he did on the biggest stage, you know, Monday Night Football. Uh, truly a blessing, uh, Peter. And uh, it's, you know, obviously there's no slowing down in this industry, as you know. Uh, so just uh, De Niro said, the high, high, the low, low, you got to kind of maintain that same pace. And uh, But, you know, being Italian, being passionate, loving the game, it's hard to turn it off. I, you know, oh. it's one gear. You've always worn your heart on your sleeve, at, whether it be at the Combine or whether I see you at NFL games. It's always a warm embrace. I love seeing you. Uh, what's the outfit in the closet we haven't seen yet? Oh, man. I'll and say- how big? how big are we going? Uh, it, it's crazy. My, you know, my mother, you know, grew me when I r- raised me, she's like, Sean, you're the daughter I never had. Cause I was, <laughs> so my grandmother worked in a men's department store. Filene's my Letizia, my nonna. She immigrated from Punta Grande, Catanzaro, uh, Calabria. And, uh, she always used to hook me up, you know, the white sport coat. Hey, let's give yeah. a look. And, um, uh, you know, I started rocking a couple suits in the middle school, fashion show in high school and, and then college i was in a couple fashion shows and i remember uh in the industry when my early years you know one of my tailors like hey man when you walk in the room someone gotta say who the fuck is that guy yeah on my french so um we can definitely go kind of loud uh you know i obviously i love the fedoras you know some you know some of the shoe collaborations through the years the suits yeah i've got some I've got some stuff I haven't even busted out yet. Now look, there's like there's there's Ferragamo and there's Gucci, but like I feel like you've got different brands. You've got like the custom brands. Yeah, I do. I got you know a, a couple of tailors I I work with that, that in terms of the custom. I mean, I told my wife I got to try to maintain the six pack till I'm at least sixty. So we got you know we got fifteen years, but uh, I I I it's it's you know when you have thirty custom suits, you gotta you you can't 30. get. <laughs> you know, I do got, you know, someone asked me who has the bigger closet out of you too. I said, ah, oh, man, I said, you got me. I said, I got a cedar closet for my suits and then my walk-in. Uh, so I might got her on that, but, uh, which is cool. But yeah, you know what? I've always, uh, I'm looking forward to going to Italy. Uh, you know, we're looking to potentially have a football camp in, in, in June. I like this. Yeah, I've got a couple, you know. With yeah, the- and that's the thing. Like, this is opening up doors that maybe uh, two months ago weren't possibilities. But now you see the success. You see the fan reaction. You see what Tommy does to the Italian-American community and maybe Italian community at large. Um, what, what's what's the uh, what's the future for Tommy DeVito? And honestly, Tommy, he- what's something, what's like, have, have we done Madison Square Garden courtside yet? Have we done that? And then big scale, what are we thinking? Yeah, you know, big scale. We haven't done Madison Square. They reached out a couple times. You know, mm-hmm. Islanders, the uh, in the Knicks. Uh, I know he's a Knicks fan, an Islanders fan. Uh, so we're gonna hopefully uh, look at uh, the Yankees. We gotta get that first toss out because I know they're gonna Cashman's That's... probably Mr. Cashman's probably gonna offer him. You know, try to be a dual threat like Dion. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but the kid's very talented. Uh, big scale. Look at we. Uh, you know, we're obviously gonna continue to 
evolve. He's got that, sh- you know, boulder on the shoulder. He knows it's about preparation. It's, he knows that the NFL is an opinion-based business and you've got to get better. Um, and he's going to continue to work on his craft. I know that. And he's with a great coach that's going to, and a storied franchise that's going to continue to walk with him and help him, you know, get it done off the field, you know, impact all those young potential future Tommy DeVitos, be that poster child for them, but also continue to evolve as a player. I think he's solidified himself as a bona fide starter in the National Football League. Uh, You know, my job early in this whole process is to project value. I knew Tommy was special. Um, I fought, I screamed, you know, and him doing what he's doing, that's just a testament to his mindset and the aura about him. And he's embraced, you know, all the blessings God given him. And let's face it, he's a proud Italian-American uh, with a big upside, and he's he's going to continue to rise up to those challenges. I wouldn't write them off the playoffs. Uh, I'm ex- I'm excited for the rest of these next four games. Last question as we wrap: Has the Tommy DeVito explosion and maybe your profile getting a little bigger on the national level has it led to any help in the recruitment game for these college athletes? You know what? It's that recruitment game is just a, a whole different animal. Um, I go through it every year. A lot of you know times I've got to the finish line. You know, with top one hundred guys coming in second, um, mm. can't control any of that. I look at I'm I'm excited about the two guys I have the two to three that will be coming on for the twenty five fourth uh, twenty two thousand twenty four draft. Um, hopefully, players can see the value in that. You know, what you see is what you get with me. Um, and you know, my passion, my energy, my tenacity, my attention to detail, my relationships with all 32 teams, uh, right there. I mean, you said it, Peter. So hopefully, Hey, some of the guys will look through the smoke and mirrors and, and, and really know how they want to be re- represented and, uh, will embrace the, you know, the opportunities that come our way and get the right guys on the bus and have fun with it. But most importantly, get them employed and hopefully have a long lucrative NFL career. So, uh, like Sinatra said, the best is yet to come. Best is yet to come. come. Oh, I love it, dude. This is it. You're speaking my my songs. Uh, I'm going to let you go. I'm wishing you all the luck. Uh, Senior Bowl, I might see you. Combine, I might see you. I, I can't wait to embrace you in person. I'm so happy for you, dude. Thank you, Peter. Much love and thank you. Thank you for being a good friend through the years, man. Much, much love, all right? Absolutely. Sean Stellato, the age at the time of DeVito, and hopefully many, many more. Thanks, Sean. You got it. Let's oh, go. man. I respect the place. Guys, I got a run to get on at 11.05. But go hey, for it. Uh, you guys, all the best. God bless. Here. Ciao. I mean, there's so much to download off of it. There's so much. I, where do we begin? I'm bringing in Aaron and Jason. I'm happy for Sean because he's a. He is a fighter. Like you see these agents and you know the big ones come through and it's Joel Siegel and Drew Rosenhaus and Todd France and they're talking about Dak's contract and you're you're talking about Nicole Lynn, who is a, a bit of a newer entry into the scene, but she's got Jalen Hurts. And you know, you love those stories of the agent and the client, and they're getting these $200 million contracts. And then you've got about 50 agents who are scrambling to get two to three guys drafted each year. And Sean is one of those guys whose practice has gotten bigger and bigger over the years. And he's had some legitimate guys in the past, Super Bowl winners, as he referenced. But holy 
crap was that something and to see him of all people who i've known for all these years be like the lead story on barstool and the lead image on espn and nfl network i'm bringing in aaron and chase and aaron your impressions on the sean stilato experience i I mean he was a character and uh i I mean, similar to what I'm sure everyone else's experience was. I had people texting me photos of him last night who don't talk about football. Like they just knew about him on the sideline. And um, he reminds me, I don't know if you've ever watched, uh, I think you should leave. Um, he, yes, re- he reminds me, yeah, he reminds me of, uh, of the driving crooner uh, <laughs> with the getup in that picture. Oh, but he was incredible. He was incredible. Um, yeah. Jason. Three weeks ago, Tommy DeVito, I live in Wayne, New Jersey, lifelong Giants fan. Tommy DeVito made an appearance at Primo Hoagies in Wayne, New Jersey, near my house. I thought, how great is this? This That's guy got, got a shot and someone figured, like, let's let's embrace this and and get ours. Now now the Giants are are in the in the hunt. They're on the graphic in the 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 in the hunt. And and I just love as a Giants fan, I did not see this coming. I love it. Seeing a number 15 backup running around. Hostetler. Reminds me of Hostetler. And this guy, um, he delivered. Uh, I, I've been I've been texting today Well, you've been talking to him, all the people who texted me last night. Uh, Jason, let's keep you're, this going. you're a Jersey guy. You live up in Wayne. Like, Talk about what Don Bosco is and talk about what Tommy's place in Jersey sports is because it's it, like... This isn't the first time for a lot of these North Jersey fans knowing Tommy DeVito. Like he was the dude. And every, if you didn't know Tommy, you knew a Tommy and you knew a <laughs> Tommy's dad and, and you knew a, a, a Tommy's agent. And, and this is it, the whole region is just behind him I, in a way that that's really fun. And the team is playing well. This team was not, we were talking about tanking a month ago. So I know. So, you know, my buddy Dietro, my you know, dear Italian American friend who's also a Giants fan, he lives out in Long Island, but um his father was president of the Sons of Italy, like very proud Italian American. And Dietro texted me this in the morning. He says, you know, in this part of the country, everyone over 70 looks at him like he's their grandson. This is the veto. Everyone in their 50s looks at him as their son. And if you're in your 30s or your 40s, you're watching your, your cousin or your younger cousin who was born when, when you were 18 and you've watched him grow up your whole life. I think, you know, I grew up in Freehold, New Jersey, Jersey Shore. Like, I, I'm not saying I know a bunch of people like Tommy DeVito, but when you grow up in New Jersey, there's a lot of Italian Americans and those families that go generations and have all the cousins and the pregame tailgate and they live and die with football. But there's also that delicious Sunday pasta dinner that you will not miss on Sunday night. Like, that's a real thing. And here's Tommy DeVito representing those folks and doing it and his hometown team. And it seems like he hasn't reached that point where um, he's he's a, an exciting story and no one's like, there's no, no one's over it. Again. Yeah, no, there's no, no one's over not, it. That was yeah. my fear. I thought there would be a lot of A, um, all right, enough with the DeVito thing. B, uh, all right, it's kind of becoming condescending now, and now it's a parody. And maybe last night when when Stilato shows up with that suit and that hat, maybe it did veer towards that. But they're leaning into it and like embracing it in a way that makes it all okay for us to have fun with it too. Yeah, I remember very specifically 
uh, my grandfather, my Chinese grandfather, loves basketball. And when when Sandy was a thing, he was all on board. And then suddenly he switched and he was like, he's a sloppy player. I don't like him. It's not as good. What do you think uh, that is? Because he leaned into the, the I, I don't know. What, no, the I underdog just, thing? What I think it? it was like he became too big. It, it was just mm-hmm. too much of a story. And I, I don't feel like that's the case right now with DeVito. Yeah. So very exciting. Um, yeah, uh, he, he's he's it's a fun thing to talk about. Can we break down Sean Stellato interview real quick? Like this is like, you know, on Howard Stern, they have the the after show, the post show. And it's usually like John Heim and Ronnie and and Richard and Sal. They start discussing it. And J.D., uh, the post show of that interview, he mentioned he's going into the Italian American Sports Hall of Fame in Chicago. Now, he is an agent. Now, granted, he played a couple of seasons at Marist and then the Arena League. Um, has anyone, while we've been doing this, done a little research on this building slash hall of honors? All right. So I've, I've pulled up some information. Most important, I think, when you go to the National Italian American Sports Hall of Fame, you scroll down the website just a little and it says new website coming in 2023. All right, <laughs> guys, it's December of 2023. You got to get on, on that. it, man. They're working um, on it. All right, so the 45th annual gala and induction ceremony. The other members of uh, the 2023 inductees include uh, Mike Rizzo, sports executive for Washington Nationals. Uh, okay. Louis Scrippa Jr., who was just listed okay. as sports endurance. Okay. Mario Massa, who's a bocce player. Okay. Uh, Ed Kelly, who's the former superintendent of the Chicago Parks District. Uh, uh, what up, Ed? Yeah. <laughs> um, I thought Ed would be Irish, Ed Kelly. Okay, I know. go on. Um, he's the very first regional inductee, but so I oh, was looking good. at these names and I was like, okay, I, I don't know. These, these aren't like blowing my socks off, but I'm looking at actual members who are in already. And here are some of the names. Give me some Mario Andretti, race car driver, yeah, okay. Brian Boitano, figure skater. Okay, let's play Bear. a different game. Let's play a different okay, game. Cause right. you're going alphabetical. I name a name. You tell me if they've if made they're the on home. there. All right. I'm going to start. Mike Piazza. Yes. Yes. Piazza made it. Jason, you give one. Uh, I have to Vince, say, I'm I'm very about, happy I'm the one looking them up and not guessing them. <laughs> okay. How about we'll stick with, with football? Vince Lombardi. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Lombardi's. I'll stick there. with football too. How about Vince Ferragamo? F. Vince Ferragamo played for the Los Angeles Rams, took him to a Super Bowl. He is not. Oh yes, he is. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yes, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's in. Uh, how about how about Dan Pastorini played quarterback yes. for the yep. Oilers? Oh yeah. Yep. Jason, give me some more. How about uh, Tony Siragusa, <laughs> the late great? Goose uh, is definitely in there. How do you? S I R R. Yes, Who's built that place? Oh, we have nah. to have a pot. Oh, that's a posthumous entry. We have to have the goose get in there. That's absurd. Uh, you can be one of these guys who who gets the, the media members who champions the guys for yes. all the same cases long after their passing. Yes, uh, Sergio belongs in that. But like, I love that Sean Stellato is in that hall as he should be. Uh, the other point, and I sure hope NFL media puts this tweet out there as a as a viral video when he's talking about. His dual closets. One of them is cedar. The other is walk-in. 
30 custom suits and he has to maintain a six pack because he doesn't want to outgrow the suits. Gentlemen, the floor is yours. Aaron, your I will, thoughts? I looked him up just like to get an image of him. Uh, and th- if you look up his name, one of the first images that comes up is him. It looks like from college. Uh, he's he's built. He, he's in shape. Like I I, I can see that. Um, yeah. And I, I, look, if I had 30 custom suits, I would want to be able to wear them for the rest of my life. So, yeah, I'm, I'm on board with that. Jason. The. Uh... Is Filene's basement still? Yeah, still he said Filene. So he said Filene's, but not Filene's basement. Because <laughs> okay. I was going to jump in. Is Filene's the men's store and Filene's basement the woman's store? I wonder if, because he's like, I go to, I went to, Fi- my mom worked at Filene's. And I'm like, oh my God, everything. He was saying words that sounded so good out of his mouth. Like that just, I was hungry listening to him because I just think of like meatballs and parm and like, and like, you know, chicken parm when he's talking. But, the way he said Filene's, uh, is Filene's and Filene's Basement, are they linked? Yes. I, I don't know if Filene's in particular is menswear. I feel like I went to Filene's with my mom in the mall. Okay. Like, I don't think it was a... So uh, Filene's might have been the store, then Filene's Basement might have been their version the of like outlet, a TJ Maxx yeah. or yes. like a Marshall's. All right. One last thing. If you're a prospective college kid, do you not want to at least take the meeting? You know, like all of these agents come in and they're all basically saying for 3%, I'm going to get you the most money possible. I'm going to wake up every day thinking about how I'm going to get you more money and we're going to do great things in marketing. Do you not take the meeting with what Sean Stellato has done to maximize Tommy DeVito in the New York market? Jason, your thoughts. If you're the dad and you see how much airtime the dad is getting, I think (laughs) if you... If you fancy yourself a, a TV superstar, you might push your son in, in his direction. Aaron? Yeah, the only thing I, I would think that might make me second guess it is how many agents get this much like attention? Like, is that something where you might be like, you know of what? Course. Maybe, That's maybe an absurd you... thing. Of course. <laughs> of course. The first, the biggest red flag. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no, Jay, do I, do it's I a want huge someone? red flag. <laughs> Oh, so, uh, I don't know. Real quick, in, in closing on that whole thing, like, guys, I didn't even realize they have a Christmas Day game. Like, they have a game in New Orleans. So, this show goes to New Orleans. Like, Stellato will be there. Like, he's going to be dressed in Florida Lease this weekend. Like, he's going to be down Bourbon Street doing a, a, and then Eagles Christmas. Are you serious? So, I, I, the best is, as he said, Sinatra, the best is yet to come, come, baby. Uh, it's the best is yet to come with Sean Stellato. I am so happy for him. I'm glad that I don't know if he if he looks at it as like, like you know, the Mannings were making fun of him. That wasn't laughing with. That was laughing at. I don't think he gives a shit. Like, all right, Eli and Peyton, they've never met me, so I don't care, which I kind of respect, too. Um, that was a great interview. And on any other week, I'd say, all right, let's wrap. Let me do a little playoff picture talk. Before Sean Stellato became a national household name, we booked a guest that I thought was a great get in itself. And it's Vikings defensive back Josh Metellus, who has played 13 different positions and is fresh off a game in which his Vikings won three to nothing and stayed alive in the NFC playoff picture. I love Josh's story. Their PR guy, Sam Newton, is a friend of mine. Sam's like, Josh is a great dude. And I'm like, eh, we don't really do player guests. Like, I, I'll be honest with you. I get a lot more out of 
coaches and GMs who have nothing to lose. And in a lot of cases, media members and celebrities who just want to, like players can usually be either really buttoned up or cliche. And he's like, no, Josh is, Josh is the leader. Like get Josh on. Um, I'm so happy to have Josh Metellus because I am excited for this interview. The more stuff I watch of him online, the more I know we're going to hit it off. So with no further ado, let's get to our second interview. Vikings defensive back, Josh Metellus. Josh, welcome to the pod. What's up? What's up, Peter? Thank you for having me. Uh, yeah, man, uh, it's been some months since that happened. Uh, you know, I've been getting a lot of questions about that uh, that interview and, uh, you know, just to see, you know, where this has gone and where this has gone. And, uh, you know, for people to really see, you know, my impact on this team uh, is a great feeling. All right. So you're drafted in 2020 yep. and you're playing special teams for the most part. You're a two team, ca- two time captain this year, though, career high 13 starts. And you're one of only two players in the NFL to have at least a sack, one interception and four forced fumbles. You're doing it all. And we're going to get to the positions that you're playing. <laughs> But you had to wait for this opportunity. I mean, you weren't a first-round pick. Talk about your perseverance and knowing that your time would come. Uh, yeah, man. I would say uh, a lot of it is just the uh, type of person I am. Uh, I'm very relentless. Uh, you know, I, t- I even talked to the team about this uh, in camp. You know, I think this league is built on your confidence and your resiliency uh, to get back when it knocks you down. And, uh, you know, for me, it happened very early. Drafted, but then cut, you know, a month later, you know, uh, at the uh, camp cut dates, uh, brought back on the team on P squad, you know, finally get a shot on special teams, you know, having to make my way through there. Then, uh, you know, come in, you know, they draft guys, you know, for my spot, just having to fight through that. Then we get a whole new coaching staff. So, you know, there's always been that sense of, you know, having to fight for my spot. And, uh, but I just knew, you know, I just had to break through. And uh, I always told myself, you know, once I get that one opportunity, that one shot, I'm going to make sure that, you know, they can never take me off the field. And uh, lo and behold, you know, I've, I've set myself up, you know, for exactly where I wanted to be. You know, there's there's this this quote that I think John Harbaugh um, uses a lot. Nobody cares. Work harder. And it's, yeah. you know, and, and I tweeted that out with an image yesterday. And the image was from the Fox broadcast. And it says, Josh Metellus, positions played this season. I'm going to list them. Strong safety, free safety, left cornerback, right cornerback, slot cornerback, left inside linebacker, right inside linebacker, middle linebacker, left outside linebacker, right outside linebacker, right defensive end, left defensive tackle. You've played 13 different defensive positions. Is that something that you keep track of or it's just, hey, wherever you need me, coach, put me in? Yeah, it's, for me, it's just plays. It's line up here and do this. You know, it's not even uh, really like positions for me. You know, they call it we're all X's. So it doesn't really matter, uh, you know, in our room. But when you look at it on paper, it sounds kind of crazy. But then when you look at the tape, you know, it kind of looks crazy, too. So uh, <laughs> this is what we do. You know, it works for us. Um, I'm just, you know, I'm, I, I would just tell people I'm a football player. You know, I just want to play football. You know, I think I'm really good at it. doesn't matter where you put me. I just want to uh, make game-changing plays. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting because Flores comes in, and a lot of you guys were all there last year. There's been a couple additions. The rookie pace has been a revelation. But that Vikings defense, when you hold a team to zero points and you keep your team in it with all the different quarterback changes and win 3 nothing, it's easy to look at the defensive coordinator and then you look at the players on the field. You and Flores seem to have a great chemistry and seem to speak the same language. He is high on intellect, high on being prepared, and also he'll throw a lot of stuff at you. Um, has it been just a sensational time learning from this guy? And what has the Flores effect had on you as a player? Yeah, I mean, I would say it's been uh, life-changing. Um, I think, you know, his uh, his impact, you know, not only for his team, but for me in general, 
has been huge. Um, from the first time I met him, uh, one of the first things I said about him was just, you can see the experience oozing out of him when he walks through the through these halls. And uh, I think, you know, just his, uh, his intellect and, you know, the way he carries himself and the way he respects the game, I think has uh, inspired our whole team, you know, especially on the defensive side. It's definitely inspired me. Um, I, if I ever wanted to coach, you know, I would want to be a coach just like him. You know, uh, I think he has a great way of just, you know, inspiring guys and um, getting guys ready to go, you know, teaching the fundamentals and what it takes to actually win football games. And uh, I think he's, you know, he's doing a great job and, uh, you know, we're lucky to have him. I've mentioned this Ivan Pace already three times in this interview, but when you have 13 <laughs> tackles and you are all over the field and you're an undrafted guy doing that in your first year, a lot of the a lot of the listeners of this podcast don't watch the Vikings every week. They've never heard of Ivan Pace Jr. When he walked into camp as an undrafted guy out of Cincinnati, did you know he'd be leading all rookies in tackles a couple months later? Did you have a feeling? Uh, I, I, after a week of practice, I did. Um, you you know he come in. He's a quiet kid. Um, he was really to himself, you know, I think, you know, it really was just the fact that he was mad that he went undrafted, you know, he, he had that chip on the shoulder. So, you know, he didn't talk to anybody. He was just by his work, but uh, the minute he stepped on the football field and we put on cleats and he ran around, you instantly knew he was going to show up, uh, popped on the tape instantly, a uh, guy who loves football, who loves to be around the ball. And, uh, you know, I think uh, me and him, we, we hit it off because, you know, we have that same dog mindset, um, mm. you know, it doesn't matter what size we are, how fast we are, you know, we're going to find a way to make an impact. And uh, he's been huge for this team. And uh, I'm excited to see where he, he goes. You know, he's been growing a lot, especially in these past couple of weeks, you know, having to uh, step up and call the plays. So, you know, I think uh, his his uh, his career is going to go in a great trajectory. If, you know, he keeps it up and he keeps doing the work that he's doing. Tell me really quick about the uh, celebration you guys had in the keg stand. <laughs> I saw you. You were the one who was dizzy walking. That was me in college. I was like, I'm 44 with the captain's logo. That's me. That's Peter Schrager 20 years ago. Uh, is that kind of stuff orchestrated? When do you work on a keg stand uh, uh, celebration? Yeah, um, yeah we have uh, one of our uh, DBs, rookie DBs, Najee Thompson, our uh, special teams uh, gunner. He's uh, he's a celebration coordinator about, <laughs> I would say, like eight weeks ago. Uh, you know, when we were like two and four, you know, trying to make our way out, uh, Flo appointed him as uh, coordinator. So, <laughs> That's an know, actual I, conversation. Yes, Flores is like, yes. you know what, Najee, you've earned that title. You are going to be the celebration coordinator. That's, that's exactly how he said it. And uh, every every uh, day before the game, the meeting before the game, that Saturday night, uh, Friday night, whatever day we play on, um, we have uh, a lot of time for him to come talk to us and show us the celebrations. And, you know, we talk through them, we, we, you know, we practice them however you want to do it. Uh, but yeah, we, we, we definitely, uh, we definitely plan those and, uh, they're not just something we just think of right on the spot. Uh, they all have meaning to it. Um, and, uh, that means something to us. I'm looking at these stats and Josh McTellis, number 44 for the Vikings. I, I see the leaders of quarterback pressures from defensive back position. You lead the NFL with 23. The next closest number is 15. You have eight more quarterback <laughs> pressures than any other defensive back in the league. Talk about getting to the quarterback and rushing off the edge and how much you enjoy doing that. Oh, I love it. Uh, I said uh, in another life, I would be an outside linebacker and just uh, rush the passer for a living. I think uh, it's an art and, uh, you know, it's definitely appreciated. You know, that's why they get paid the big bucks. But, uh, you know, me as a DB, uh, I always admired it, you know, and this year finally getting a chance to do it is uh, something I definitely took pride in. And, uh, you know, it, it feels, you know, just uh, it's a different feeling, you know, when you can get the guy down, you know, save your DBs, you know, from having to cover too long 
and, you know, just impact the game in a different way. And, uh, you know, being with guys like Daniil and uh, DJ Wanham, you know, you get a lot of attention taken away. And you got Ivan Pace, you know, running through guys' faces. You know, it's a you got 2-2 coming off the edge. You know, it's just a, a lot of a lot of a lot of guys moving around, and then I just sneak my way in. You know, make an impact that way. Uh, yeah, but I, I loved it, and uh, you know, I'm excited to see where you know we keep building this thing. All right, as we're as we're wrapping, because you got meetings, I love it. We don't often do the the players. <laughs> you should do coaches and GMs on this podcast. I love that we have a current player who's actually uh, a huge part of this Saturday game that you guys have. Talk about you. Where'd you grow up? Talk about your household growing up and then maybe your path to the NFL just a little bit and shed some light on the people that helped you get here. Yeah, so I'm uh, originally from uh, North Miami, Florida, uh, born and raised there. Um, I grew up with a single mom. Uh, my dad was uh, in my life uh, a little bit growing up, and uh, I have uh, six. Uh, I'm the oldest of six kids, so uh, I've always really been that, you know, leader in that type of role, you know, having to take on a lot uh like I said, my mom has four kids on uh, her side, so uh, I was always always in the house uh, with three other kids, having to uh, you know be the the oldest male in the house. So that was something that always you know just uh, primed me for a position of leadership. And uh, you know, we moved a lot as a kid. My mom had me when she was in high school, so you could just imagine the struggles she had. And uh, you know, it was just a lot of uh, resiliency. You know, a lot of having to stand back up on my feet, knowing you know I've been knocked down. And a lot of, you know, working hard when I don't see the light, I don't see the the uh, end. I, I can't uh, picture, you know, what it would look like, but I know it's going to be there if I just keep working hard. And uh, I go start playing football, fall in love with the game, go to uh, high school. I'm playing running back. You know, we need a guy to play safety in a seven-on-seven seven game, in a seven-on-seven seven tournament. I go play safety, fall in love with that. Kind of like how I'm doing now, you just put myself in a position to just play football, you know, figuring it out later. And, you know, I figured that out, you know, end up getting a scholarship to Michigan, going yeah. up there. Time out. You get a scholarship to Michigan. What's your mother's reaction when she finds oh, out you're getting, I mean, to, Michigan's one of the top institutions in the world. Crazy. Um, uh, my mom was so excited. Uh, I, that was one of the biggest things, you know, uh, as a child for me was, you know, finding a way to get a scholarship. Uh, I had actually a couple academic scholarships, you know, before I had my first football scholarship. Awesome. So she was excited for those two. So, you know, it was kind of uh, a win-win. And, uh, you know, I get to Michigan. Uh, I actually play my first, uh, my start, my first game at linebacker, you know, trying to just fit fit in, you know, trying to Wherever. find my, my freshman year. They moved me back to safety, played three years there. Um, and to come out, uh, meet my wife uh, at the end of college, uh, going into the league. And, uh, you know, we have, our, we have our son. And it's just, you know, for me, it's just been a lot of, uh, a lot of successes in my life, you know, off the field. That's just been, uh, you know, just a result of hard work and uh, putting my head down, you know, doing the right things, living the right way, you know, treating people the right way. And, you know, I think uh, as a player and just as a person, you know, I just want to shed light. I want to give light. You know, I want to be that driving force for somebody, you know, any way I can help. And, uh, you know, that's just how I am with the team. That's just how I am as a person. I, I look at you as not only an ambassador of North Florida or North Miami and what you've done at Michigan, but like, it's kind of cool to now have this feeling as like, hey, Vikings, put us anywhere, put us against any team, we'll figure it out. Take our quarterback, we'll figure it out. Have our free agent running back that was our superstar be somewhere mm -hmm. else, we'll figure it out. Um, from the Zilf family, you know, Ziggy, and the Will family from Ziggy on to Mark to down to 
the GM to the coach. Do you feel like this Vikings team is something special and you guys can go on a bit of a run right now? Oh, 100%. Uh, I love our organization. I think the top to bottom, uh, they're doing great things. And uh, it's definitely shown within the players and uh, within uh, just the culture of this team. Um, I, I say, you know, we were voted number one in the best organization. And I would say I uh, firmly believe that that's true. You know, we have great we have great leadership here. And uh, I think, you know, it's going to show in this month of December, you know, where football matters the most. You know, we're going to show our true our true uh, characteristics and then our, the, true, the true value of this team will show in this month, you know, as we, you know, head to uh, make the playoffs. Number 44, Captain's C on the chest. We're all going to be watching Saturday. You're going to be out there. Uh, super excited. Dude, it is great to get to know you. I'm a huge fan having not known you, just knowing your game and your story. Uh, and this was awesome. Thank you, Josh. I appreciate it. Thank you, Peter. I'm a big fan of you as well. Uh, say hi to the crew for me. I want to try to get out there this offseason, uh, meet you guys. Uh, it'll be fun. No doubt, dude. Uh, if you want to host the show during the offseason, we'll throw you in the host chair. You could sit in for three hours. We'd love to have I would, you. I would love that. I would love that. <laughs> Just another hurdle. You'll be able to leap. Uh, <laughs> we'll Josh McTellis, Minnesota Vikings. Have a great game on Saturday, and we'll be watching you the rest of the way. Thank you, guys. All right, Josh McTellis, a great young man. Really dug him. I bring back Aaron and Jason. This is what we do now. We just do a postscript on the interview. Yeah. Uh, had you heard of McTellis before today? Yeah, I uh, went to college in Minnesota, so I, I have a soft spot for the Vikings, and I always like to uh, keep them in mind, even if I'm not you know, actively rooting for them while I root for the Bills. Um, but I remember, like, I loved Questy when he came on. He was one of my favorite interviews we had. And I so have good. a couple friends who are huge Vikings fans. And I remember, like, during that interview, texting them and just being like, your guys is, you're in good hands. This guy's amazing. Uh, um, and he said, he was on that interview saying, the mm -hmm. one guy to watch for is Metellus. And I'll be honest, he could have gone anywhere. I was like, okay, he gave me, like, a special teams guy. I didn't realize he was going to ball out and be, like, the leader of Flores' defense. And I love that today we had two separate, two separate interviews two separate teams, both of them talking about players coming from, these are not first round picks. These are not second round picks. These are guys who who got drafted and then got cut. Or as as Sean was saying, there, there needs to be a day four of the draft because he was in U, a UDFA. I mean, like that that's amazing to have two separate players, I think, making a huge impact that are, are not draft darlings or anything. I love that. You know, not to get dramatic about it, but when Metellus is telling his story and it's like, I was the oldest male in my household and my wife and my mother had me when I was... When she was in high school. A, in high school. It never, it never stops amazing me what people overcome. It never stops amazing me. And I can only imagine, I got emotional when he was saying it, but like, what do you think his mom says when he comes home and he's like, I've got a scholarship offer to go to the University of Michigan, which is one of the blue chip universities in the world. And like this kid put it together and did it, of course, with the support of his family. But like it's an it, you can never and that story never gets old. And it's an age old story of the player emerging from, you know, circumstances that might might not be ideal. And yet. It was ideal. It was ideal for him and it was ideal. And they never pitied each other and they made it happen. Like, I love that stuff. I also love 
you know, you were asking him, like, what'd your mom say when you you got this scholarship to Michigan? He's like, well, I already had two academic scholarships. So it's, you know, this wasn't as big a deal, maybe. No, it was amazing. Um, and and you know, everyone can sort of give that mantra of like, oh, well, when I've been knocked down and this unfortunate thing has happened, I get back up and I, you know, try again. For him to be able to say, one of six kids, uh, single mom. You know, she was not even in college or age when she had me. And then I was drafted and cut. And then I'm watching the team draft more guys at my position. Right. He plays 13 positions or whatever. <laughs> like, it, yeah, he's he was and he was so nice. He's such <laughs> like, a nice kid. He like, was I wanna, great. Yeah. I want to be friends with him. Um, Joking with you before say, the interview and everything. I know he was busting my chops. Um, let's. Let's watch Josh Metellus this weekend. That's the early game on the Saturday slate. So here is a PSA, public service announcement for all the listeners to remember that there's football on Saturday and it's not just one game at night. It is football on Saturday and it's all day long. It's actually on the NFL Network exclusively and on NFL Plus. So those games, Saturday, 1 Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, Josh Metellus and the Minnesota Vikings will take on Jake Browning, Chase Brown, and the Cincinnati Bengals in Cincinnati. That's at 1. Then, if you're on the East Coast, at 4.30, you've got Steelers at Colts. Those are four playoff-hungry teams, and if the playoffs were today, all three of those four, the Bengals would be out, would be in it. And then at night, Broncos, one of the hottest teams in football against the Lions, who just stubbed their foot again um, for the second time in three weeks, losing an inexplicable divisional game. This one to the Bears. The Broncos and Lions is at night at 8.15. So Saturday, Vikings-Bengals early. One of those, like, you're not going to remember. And then all of a sudden, you're going to see tweets and people are going to be texting you about the game. I'm reminding you, Saturday, 1 o'clock, NFL Network. Steelers, Colts, right after, and then Broncos, Lions, and then Sunday. Sunday well, those, the Saturday games, there none of them are nothing. Every no, single all, team, they're all good games. Five and of them are seven and six, and then the Lions are nine and four, nine and four. So every single team there has a winning record. Every single one of them's in the playoff hunt. That's wild. Saturday, then Saturday ends, and you're like, all right. I got- <laughs> Sunday, one o'clock, Giants Saints is a huge game now. And we have Sean Stellato, the agent of Tommy DeVito, his client, Tommy, is playing. Okay, everything's going to be about Sean Stellato. Um, (laughs) The rest of the one o'clock schedule, Jets Dolphins becomes interesting. Chiefs Patriots, eh. Texans Titans, yeah. And then the four o'clock window, I'm looking at it, my phone's going off. Someone's calling me, I'm shutting that off. Sorry, blowing you off, whoever that was. Four o'clock window, 49ers, Cardinals, maybe Rams, Commanders. Yeah. Oh, but, Cowboys, Bills. Yeah. Cowboys, Bills. All right. <clears throat> great. <clears throat> great one. <clears throat> then Ravens, Jaguars, Sunday night. Awesome. And then Eagles, Seahawks. Okay. Great, great, great three days of football. Uh, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Um, yeah. Guys, that's the pod. Stellato, Metellus, Schrager, Juan Kaufman, English. There we go. Uh, I love today's podcast. I, if they win, and I want to hear from the listeners and the viewers and all this stuff. If they win, 
do we want to have Sean Stellato on again next week? You remember how we used to do like, uh, we'd talk about White Lotus every week when yeah. that was on or something. I just want Sean to come on and like, I don't know, what is he going to talk like? Tell us about uh, the hotel in New Orleans. What was yeah. that like? Get, like, where did you put your suits in, uh, in the- yeah. How do you travel with those? Suits? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do, you, do you take only two of them with you? I don't know. Um, yeah, Sean could come on and talk about anything. Do you want to know the beauty of this as we wrap? I had a whole episode dedicated to the offensive offsides penalty with research, with a guest lined up, with all sorts of data. The NFL moves so quickly, no one gives a about the offsides from Kadarius Tony by Tuesday morning. We're already on to the following week, and that just was another game. It was another game because everyone got upset this week, and there was all sorts of crazy stuff. So the Bills beat the Chiefs, big deal. On to the next, um, and on to the next we go. I had a great time with you guys. Aaron Wong Kaufman, Jason English. To everybody from the iHeart and NFL side, I'll just make one point. We've been talking about the uh, Super Bowl. And, you know, it's going to be in Vegas and who get in. If the Cowboys freaking make the Super Bowl, all bets are off on this being one of the craziest weeks and one of the craziest. And they look like a Super Bowl team. Maybe we'll discuss that next week if they get past the Bills. We don't want to jump too soon. But uh, a Cowboys and Cowboys Nation in Vegas for the Super Bowl with Tony Romo on the call. Yep, that's a possibility right now. I'm believing. Um, but we'll get to that next week if they beat the Bills. All right, guys, till next week. Thanks for listening. Tell your friends, share the YouTube, do all that stuff. Uh, as the great Sean Stellato once said, the best is yet to come. The Season with Peter Schrager is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.